I hope we're not. I hope we're not posting the video to this yeah. too. No, 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 <laughs> nope. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see the talking heads. They just want to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And I'm Chad. And we are a show about miniature war games, including War Machine and Hordes by Privateer Press. Our goal here is just to inspire you to play more. Hey, friends, how you doing? Hanging in there. Nice. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, can't get our schedules right sometimes. and uh, But today, the stars have aligned, or so yes. they say. So... <laughs> We have uh, we have some things to catch up on, and then we are finishing finally finishing our faction reviews. Uh, for those of us that have been listening, uh, for those of you who have been listening to us over the last year or so, uh, we have been taking each faction from uh, War Machine and Hordes, and then we have been giving a faction review uh, one at a time. Of course, we've been doing it with our own spin, and so it's fun to be able to look at things a little bit differently. Um, but before we get there, have you played any games lately? I actually got uh, one short game of uh, Gaslands in. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I know. My son actually asked because it got put away months ago, right? And yeah. he's like, oh, hey, because I was printing some uh, terrain. Finally got back into getting my printer leveled and going again, right? Nice. And so I had printed out a couple pieces of terrain, and he's like, oh, can we play? So we did. Um, of course, I spun out one turn from the finish line. Um, he ended up wrecking <laughs> two, but, uh, and then my daughter actually ended up winning. She didn't wreck a single time and just cruised right in. Nice. But, uh, that little bugger plays dirty. So <laughs> when, uh, when you slide out, right, you're you're one of the other people gets to decide which direction you're facing. And so he like pinned me in between some terrain and backwards towards the finish line. And so then I tried to even just do a simple maneuver of like whipping around to back up. And then I failed that even in first gear. So then I slid wow. again. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh man. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Are you using, uh, are you using, uh, t how do you, what templates are you using? Did you print your own or did you buy some online? So I did um, kind of both. I ended up getting some foam, some craft foam, and uh, I used the Cricut or Crycut. Forget which one the actual is called. Um, anyway, and so I cut those using the templates. I basically used the books templates, created my own Cricut design, um, mm -hmm. the design space, cutting out the lines, um, similar to almost like making a 3D printout line, right? And then yeah. I used those put them on the Cricut, had it cut it out. Then I also cut out paper ones, glued the paper ones on top. So you had the, uh, the gear shift, you know, the one, two, three, four, five, six, and what's a hard maneuver. What's an easy stuff like that. Yeah. So I also got to cut a lot. Remember how hard it is to cut a whole bunch of paper and do a little <laughs> crafting too. Right. So I glued all that down. So it's just on like, you know, what quarter inch craft foam or eighth inch craft foam plus some paper glued on top. That's fun. But yeah, if I was to play more, some acrylic ones would be really cool. Yeah. 
Do you and your kids like mod your cars or just use the car straight up? We haven't got that far yet. We're just uh, in the simple phase um, of the racing. We haven't really haven't introduced <laughs> all the weaponry to it yet either. It's more of let's get down the dice of how to use templates to turn, go around stuff, you know, when to risk it, when not, just rolling the yeah. dice and, and making those decisions. Yeah. Uh, we'll get otherwise, otherwise, you know, your son is just going to sit, spend the entire game shooting you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love and then your daughter, time. your daughter's still just gonna like coast past both of you. Oh, she's just gonna gas and it and go, go straight through the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You boys can fight. Peace. That's right. She's the smart one. She knows how to play this game. That's like uh that's like when I play Commander sometimes with Oz and Bryce, like Oz just gets uh he just gets like zero in on you and he wants to crush you. And the other person's like let it happen and they end up winning. So yeah. Or yeah. right. Speaking of commander, you posted a picture the other day. I did. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got a, it was my birthday weekend. And so all I wanted to do was play games and we had been running Frostgrave and stuff and just finished the cell sword campaign. And it was quite an epic finish, but I didn't want to go back and like pick up a, another, another campaign quite yet. And so we decided that we would just play some, some commander and then um, Oz got a like a new deck. He he built Gashath. Is that the dinosaur? Yeah, yeah. So he he Gashath built a Gashath deck. Sun's Avatar. Sounds yeah, like, something, like, something that. like that. I don't remember. It was horrible. So I was running Wyleth, which is my new Boros commander, and I wanted to run him kind of back to back, but I ended up not doing it back to back. I only ran him once, and then. And then uh, I can't remember who Bryce ran, um, but like uh, Oz just clobbered us. And yeah. what's horrible is when I was running, I think I think it was so I ran so I ran Wyleth game one, and I ran my Skullbriar deck game two, and both of those are Voltron decks, and both of those have the ability to just kill. And and so I got Oz down. Seven, I took seventeen of his life. So all I had to do is poke him for four more and then he was out yeah and well i was poking on him poking on him poking on him and and uh and i decided that i would just let off the gas a little bit and let nope. him live and nope. so and and then and he just you can't do that against dinosaurs. no <laughs> so yeah so he clobbered all of us and then uh then we played a second game and then he clobbered all of us again so yep. that's just yeah, you how can't. You can't let Gishath hit you because as no. soon as he hits you, he starts flipping the top of the deck and just start put and he just starts dropping yeah. dinosaurs into the battlefield and, and, and you're just looking at a giant ETB line things. of dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. And you get these ETB triggers. And so he's like, yeah. and this happens and this happens and this happens. And we're all going, ugh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of birthday weekend, uh, I did get a minis game in. Um, yeah, yeah, War Cradle Studios put out a board game for the Bill and Ted movie, and and there was some delay in that in the production of that, and so I just got the game like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago, and so I decided that I would save it for my birthday, and so we pulled it out, and we've got these great little miniatures of Bill and Ted and their girlfriends, and then a Rufus miniature because I got the Rufus expansion. And then, um, 
and then uh, and then all of the the figures for the personages of historical significance. And so and so we busted that out on my birthday, and it was a lot of fun. We kind of misread the rules a little bit. It's actually it's a co-op game, and so we're supposed to work together. And we're supposed oh. to get all of the historical figures back to their locations. And and meanwhile, there's each location has like a spin dial that, that spins. And as it spins up, it becomes harder and harder to uh, to spin it back down. And yeah. that's, where you want, that's where you want them to be is at zero. And um, and so the, the way they handle the complexity is in the draw deck, they have these bogus cards. And, and a lot of them will have like one image or two images or three images and you work from top down and you, you have to do what that image tells you to do, right? There's like a key. And so you got to do this, gotta, except we sort of misread that because underneath some, on some of these cards underneath, like the second and third image will be like a color stripe. And that color indicates another condition that has to be met in order to do that. And so, um, and, and on the bogus cards, if you, if you, if you're doing those things, it's actually harder for you and it makes the game harder. And so we started playing and, and it was, and we had not, and we weren't in, we weren't in dire straits at all because the game had just started. And so, uh, and so we didn't need to do the second and third steps on these bogus cards. We just needed to do the top one and then, and then go on. And so we basically made it really hard for ourselves and, uh, <laughs> and then we ended up losing, but, uh, but it's super fun. You know, it's simple. It's, it's more simple than I thought it would be. Um, actually they, when I, when I saw the game components, for some reason, I thought there was a little more complexity and, and, and it's just, uh, uh, just like an exponential variation of a of a time dial, so each location has its own dial, and then there's a grand big dial for San Dimas, and and when San Dimas hits level twenty, you're dead, and so San Dimas hit level twenty, and we died, and and it wasn't because we were doing it wrong; it's just because we we were absolutely doing it wrong. It turns one and two, and then by the time. Turn three came around. They were like, "Oh, now we know how to play." But rather than restart, we just finished the game. So, as long as we had an excellent time, we had an excellent time. It was totally rad and tubular. And part of me wants to paint the models, and part of me doesn't. You know, <laughs> I I have mixed feelings about board games with models. <laughs> yeah. So. They're they're really cool, but uh, they're also extra work if you've got to do if you want to paint them and try yeah. and do a good job. So, yeah. How about you, Chad? Um, well, I've only gotten um, a couple games in. I've been playing a little bit of video games. My work schedule changed, and then I've also been um, helping my parents out some. My mom recently had her knee re her other knee replaced about a week and a mm -hmm. half ago. Uh, and then my dad was having some issues getting to his doctor's appointments. And so I was helping him about three days a week. So like I wasn't doing very much outside of my 1130 to 830 working schedule. I was basically coming home, having a snack, unwinding a little bit and then going to bed. And so <clears throat> most of my time was spent um, just doing some wizard chores and some video in some video games of like doing a couple of daily quests and then. Yeah. 
mostly just some doing my farming stuff on Albion online. Um, but uh, a couple weeks ago, one of my roommates, Phil, bought this new game uh, that the store had in called King's Dilemma. Uh, and it's a legacy game. Okay. Uh, and it's Ooh. basically the political power vying of Game of Thrones without like the combat and stuff like that. So okay. it's a highly political legacy game where each player plays the head of some noble house. And you are, you are all part of the king's court council uh, advising the king on these dilemmas that come up that are like that you have to vote on. So there are these various incidents, and each or each each session that you play basically is a number of dilemmas that you play. Uh, it's like a minimum of seven, maximum of twelve, because mm -hmm. uh, there are some contingencies of like um, of the lifespan. Basically, minimum seven cards for lifespan, maximum twelve. And then the king eventually passes um, due to you know due to old age. Uh, the, there are two other win or two other conditions that end the game, which is well one condition in two ways of the king abdicating, which is if the kingdom is doing too well, the houses have too much power, and the king abdicates. If the kingdom isn't doing very well at all, riots break out and then the king abdicates or gets executed. Um, so it's like the weird balance that like you have to balance yeah, both extremes. Yeah. And so there's five there's five major resources that you gain and lose depending on the way that you vote. Uh, and depending on some of the scenarios, um, you add stickers that can have positive or negative effects. Um, whenever so the way that you pass or you vote on these things, there's three voting options. There's I, nay, and there's pass. Uh, with passing, you can do one of two things. Um, you can pass to gather power, where you take power tokens um, that have been spent by other people uh, in the previous rounds or from the base stuff that just starts there. Um, and you, everyone starts with the same number of power tokens at the beginning of the game. And then you can gain more by... Um, like not voting or not voting very much. So you're not using as much of your power and then later passing to gain power and taking it back out of the middle. Um, <coughs> whoever, whichever vote wins, whoever voted the most in that um, basically takes responsibility for whatever it was that passed. So if there's a story card, if there's a new story set that gets uh, implemented into the Dilemma deck, uh, or there's a sticker, that person writes the the name of their house on that sticker and it goes onto the board. So they take responsibility for that action. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are envelopes that add new storylines and more stuff to the dilemma deck, more issues that you have to kind of work through. Uh, and there's tons of different things in there that can either cause more envelopes to get open, more stickers to get added, and then it changes the resources. Um, so it's, it's a really, really cool game. You get about about 15 plays out of it or so and it's right. a legacy game so when you get done with each session which is the 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 ruling span of the king um you take those cards and you put them into the trash bin and you don't get them back again um <laughs> that's so weird stickers. about legacy games like <laughs> yeah yeah and this is the first legacy game that i've actually played um oh, and okay. the stickers so and the stickers that go on the board can affect the legacy setup of the next game. That's so right. right now, currently, um, 
the name of my house has, I think, I think there are four stickers with the name of my house on it. Two of them are positive and two of them are negative. So it kind of cancels each other out. But until these most recent sessions, um, I had two that were positive. And what that did is at the beginning of the game, because I had two stickers with my house name on it that were positive, I got extra voting power for that game. Right. Nice. Uh, other people give extra money. Uh, and then there's other stuff like hidden agendas that you're trying to, uh, you're trying to accomplish. There are also house agendas of like certain things that you want to like certain resource you want to be the highest or you want uh, like one of them is um, if you get the story card where you conquer another kingdom um, that, that unlocks abilities and things like that in your house. Um, It's, it's a really, really cool game. Uh, If you like legacy games and if you've got a group that will play pretty regularly, we've been meeting every Sunday for the last couple of weeks and playing. We only play one game the first time. And then the next week we played two. And then yesterday we played two more. Uh, And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really cool. And it's a, it's a very, very good game. I think it's like 80 bucks. So it's a little bit pricey, but like there's so much stuff in it and there's tons of, tons of content in the game itself. I think anytime you can play a game and then play it again in the same session. Yeah. That speaks, that speaks well of a game. So. Yeah. And uh, like the first one, like it took us a little while because we were getting used to the rules and stuff like that. But the other days, uh, each game lasted like about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, and so you can do like two quick sessions and basically two ruling ages right in a row. Um, and you affect more of the board. And so things just right. keep changing as you go on and on and on. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And then the other thing that I played was that uh, Jeremiah and I are part of a D&D campaign. And hey we had our first session, uh, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Wes knows a lot about Eberron. And so he's yeah. going to bring that background knowledge as, as the DM. Yeah. And uh, and it's fun being a player again. I feel less pressure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to do the stare story development for our characters because we're actually yeah. playing. We're playing. We're both playing Kalistar, and we're both siblings. Right. And Jeremiah is playing a paladin of noble background, and I'm playing a bard of entertainer background, and I'm his younger sister. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm excited to keep yeah. playing and, and have fun. I'm with excited to see what so. we, how we change the, the for like the, the DNA of the group a little bit too. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Yeah. Thanks. And you're, and you're familiar with that group because yeah. you were DMing for that group and I'm, yeah. I'm brand new. So I don't really know like anybody's personalities or anything like that. I don't really know what to expect. So yeah, it'll be interesting it's, to see what happens. Yeah. It's a good group. Hey, so tonight we get to finish all our last two factions, I guess, for the faction reviews. Uh, For those of you that are listening, uh, one of the things that we have been doing is we've been going through each faction one at a time, or two at a time in this case, of the War Machine and Horrors factions. And we basically ask and answer three questions for each faction. And that is, if you were to pick up this faction, which Warcaster would you play first? Second question, which theme force looks the most interesting to you? And third, which model do you want to paint the most? 
And so uh, we're pretty excited to ask uh, answer these questions. Tonight's two factions are Crucible Guard and Infernals. And so, Dan, which uh, Warcaster would you want to start with first? Uh, let's start with the Crucible Guard. We'll do... We'll do, we'll all go through Crucible Guard first, and then we'll go through Infernals last. So, if you were to pick up Crucible Guard, which Warcaster would you start with? Sounds good. And these are kind of the two newer limited factions, right? That's true. After the last couple of years, so you don't have as many deep options to go on these guys, but they're very different. Also, very different. Yeah. Factions. Yeah. So for Crucible Guard, you know. Just started off with uh, the only faction that has a tank as a caster, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like literally these guys are steampunk, roll up in your tanks and your, you know, rayless interceptors. So I'm going with McKay on this one. Nice. Very cool. Uh, mainly just because, you know, it's a, a caster and a tank. Like, yeah, can, that's special. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Primary reason right there. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chad? Which Warcaster would you start with? Well, I always thought, uh, ever since they were doing the CID for it, uh, one of my favorite Warcasters that I thought looked really funny and really interesting was General Baldwin Gearhart, because he's got his manservant that follows him around, carrying all of these like ridiculous guns. Uh, and then I heard about the... Uh, from Andrew, one of our local guys. Uh, apparently, the the background of Gearheart is that he wasn't really part of the, the Order of the Golden Crucible, which is the Crucible Guards like mm. faction. They develop weapons for um, themselves, and they also sell a lot of them in the Iron Kingdoms. And he wasn't really a part of their group. Um, he was just like a brilliant tactician uh, who they hired to to help them with mm-hmm. the defensive Lael and such. Uh, but apparently he loves to, he's like kind of a boisterous, rowdy dude who likes to like go out and get drunk and like scribble drawings of guns and then just like stumble into like whatever weapon designer's place and be like, make me this gun. I drew a thing, uh, make <laughs> it shoot acid or something and then stumbles away and they're like, oh my gosh, this freaking guy. But he's got like he's got four different guns, and I'll talk about those a little bit uh, when I kind of talk about his list. But like, nice. just the fact that he's kind of this weird, boisterous dude. This is like, make me this cool gun, make me more cool guns. Clog, clog, give me the other, give me the other gun, the, the long range gun. The, like, the other one, not that one. No, no, no one. the other one. <laughs> it's just what I envision on the battlefield all the time, and. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that personality. Yeah. I uh, I didn't go with any kind of like uh, uh, attraction or charisma. I was strictly functional on my selection. I already have um, I already have a convergence army, and so I no. would start with, with lock one. <laughs> yeah, wise. <laughs> uh, just because that's most likely that's what I'll be doing anyway. So if ever I did, so. Um, Hey, what uh, what theme force uh, were you leaning into, guys? Oh, well, I was leaning into uh, Prima Materia uh, mainly yeah. because you know I'll be honest, I kind of like the other theme force. You know, Magna, Magnum Opus kind of works a little bit better for a lot of Crucible Guard lists, it seems. But 
Prime and Materia gives Vanguard, uh, they can shield guard twice. Mm -hmm. So when you have a giant, huge based caster rolling up the battlefield, probably some uh, some hefty shield guards are a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was going with Prime and Materia, and it also gives, um, you know, not so much for her, but friendly uh, units can start with upkeeps and play. So for McKay, it doesn't really do super much. Uh, Failsafe is the only one, um, which is a good spell. It's a good one. But it's only a two cost, so it's not much. Yeah. I think she wants to use a lot of her focus for her own shooting, though. So exactly. if she can start with something in play and not have to worry about it, that's that's helpful. Yeah. Exactly. It helps. So for her, I kind of went a little bit uh, Warjack-focused on this one, mainly yeah. because she has mobility, which gives plus two speed and Pathfinder to her battle group. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty big. Like you said, she's going to be wanting to spend it. Um, you got return fire and jump start. So again, jump start, very battle group one. All my all my battle group that's knocked down gets to stand up. Um, and you so, get a pick facing. Yes, and you get a pick facing. So a couple Thank big you. things there. But again, it's all like battle group, battle group, battle group, right? Um, her feet gives you magic weapon types to everything within um, her control range. And if the enemy is within her control range, you also get a extra or a. Let me check on. Is it boosted? Yeah, it's a boosted damage roll <laughs> in her range. So, getting getting kind of nice. Um, and if she gets up the field, your jacks get in there. They're not spending a focus to boost to attack on the on the hit, um, or they're charging, so they might get it either way. But just a couple thoughts I had on her. Plus, the cannons, the sprays. Like you said, she's just shooting all over the place. So I loaded her up with uh, um, Alice, which I think is a pretty standard in, in most lists. Um, just for fun, put three Toros. Because again, yeah. you get into my caster. You know, you want you want to come to me, I'm going to get three counter charges on you um, or near you. A couple Vanguards, two Vanguards for that. Uh, a, retali a Retaliator and a Suppressor. Just more ways to try to lower your defense, try to put, you know, what rust is it that the suppressor gives? Um, yeah, you know, retaliator, rust, freezing, and then also a fire spray, too. Exactly, you know, uh, suppressor yeah. is probably like one of the most, uh, like utility jacks for that faction. It's huge. Um, I thought about you know playing around, but I like kind of like the Toros, so I just kept three Toros on there. You know, Toro, Toro, Toro. So, you know, you could swap out a Toro for a suppressor, though, you know. Um, so then uh, some Crucible Guard mechanics, because one, you need some solos just to try to score those flags, maybe, or repair all those jacks that are getting hit. You know, those shield guards are going to take the hit. And you can repair McKay. So even if she does get hit. Yeah. Um, I had some spare points, so I tossed a Trancer in there. Throw it at enemy, watch explode. Right? Um, bounce some people around. Of course, a couple of Dragon's Breath rockets because, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's Crucible. I like those. Um, yeah. they're, it's they're cool. Really it's a cool piece. Right? Artillery, Arcing Fire, Withering Humor, so minus two armor and lose tough. So, again, it's helping those other guys swing pretty hard. And then a unit of Combat Alchemists. Um, again, they have Ice Cage. They can take off upkeeps. They can do corrosion damage, but... For the most part, I also thought they were kind of a good scoring unit because they have Prowl and can smoke cloud themselves. So a little three-person unit goes over corner of a zone, tries to score that while everyone else is worrying about your giant swath of jacks. So 
I'm not sure if it'd play quite good because it is very focused starved. All those jacks are pretty much going to be powering up and then doing their own thing. But, you know, vanguards are decent late game. When you're staring at the face of three Toros, I think that's going to grab a lot of your attention. And then McKay in late game can obviously just clean up a lot of stuff herself, right? Um, so that's kind of the list I came up with. Well, and I, I realized that with uh, recording this way using my phone, I can't pull up my war room. But I think I remember the majority of what my list was. Um, I picked the same theme force primarily because uh, you get to start with your upkeeps in play, and Baldwin's got a couple. I know he has at least two. Uh, he has Hotshot and um, he has Snipe. Yeah. Uh, he might have another one, but I don't remember yeah, uh, off the top of my head, and I, I can't check right now. Um, it might just be those two. It is but um, the pretty roughly the list that I had was like Baldwin with Alice and Mr. Clog, of course. Um, and uh, and then just a Vulcan to throw Hotshot onto because Hotshot is super good on a jack that's got like a bunch of gunshots because it yeah. saves you on boosting damage rolls. Um, and he, I feel like he's kind of a dude that wants to be doing a lot of his own shooting, so he's going to be a little strapped for focus anyway. Uh, so he really only wants to filter that into one jack. Uh, the rest of the list had Prospero with um, with a suppressor because it's a super solid combination. No vanguards in here, um, though I could probably finagle points to find room for one. Um, I think I had a couple of transfers and free points. I know that I had a Dragon's Breath rocket, two units of combat alchemists, and two units of the Stormtroopers, which are the medium-based dudes that have the pickaxes and the uh the steam lobber guns so they're base range 12 uh or no they're base range 10 and i think if they stand still they get plus four range and then if you throw a snipe on top of it they get to range 18 uh so you can use your combat alchemist for like a turn to give them some smoke and then you get them up in front and then i i've seen a lot of crucible guard players constantly push their combat alchemists forward as like your first screen kind of a thing and they die just super fast they just kind of let them throw grenades for a couple rounds and then just let them die um but i feel like they can be really good in late game with some of the utility that they have so i've got mm -hmm. two units of them where you would throw smoke for like the first round and then after that you would kind of move them towards the back and let the medium guys push forward um and with Gearheart's feet giving um prey to a unit uh, to an enemy model or unit uh and then you get to start moving it around as you kill stuff and with snipe giving super long range to one of the units of medium infantry and hotshot giving boosted damage to the vulcan uh you can really do a lot of uh, uh, put a lot of hurting onto an enemy army um gearheart has four different guns one of them's like a spray 10 with crit freeze one of them is like a range 8 POW 15 that I think is like a 4-inch four, four AOE that sets stuff on fire. Uh, his base gun is like a range 12 POW 14, like acid, 3-inch AOE or something like that. And then he's yeah, got like a range AOE. 10. He's got like a range 10 POW 12 that does shadow bind. Um, and he has this funny combination of rules um, between him and Mr. Clog because they are a Warcaster unit. So he has this rule, I think called Johnny on the spot, where he gets to swap one of his weapons 
uh, like as a free action, basically, he can swap one of the weapons that he has with the weapon that Mr. Clog has uh, that he's carrying. And so you can basically just like turn to Mr. Clog and be like, hand me the like whatever, the catalytic defib- defibrillator <laughs> or whatever, and just like grab another gun and then either shoot with like shoot with one of them once, swap to a different weapon, and then Mr. Clog can basically make him fire again. Uh, or you can swap to a different weapon and then fire with that twice. Mm. Um, or you could even like fire twice and then swap to something different for the next turn. So you've got options for like the utility, and I I'm a fan of utility. I love utility. Yeah, that's um, different weapon, the right weapon for the right job, right? Um, yeah. And so that was kind of the idea that I went with. Um, it seemed pretty interesting and. Uh, he also has some battle plans that are really cool, um, especially because they've just got kind of ridiculous names. Like one of them is called uh, "Give Him What For," and <laughs> just kind yeah. of imagine like playing playing this list and fooling around and and making like a Sean Connery voice, basically of yeah, say, like, just commanding your troops. Yeah. <laughs> Cog. Hand me the catalytic defibrillator. Give me what for, man. As you like <laughs> pop your feet and cast hunter, like prey yeah. on something like that and just unload into that into that unit or model. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I also like I I had to refrain from making a joke list of Dan, you said you had three Toros in your list, so it was Toro, Toro, Toro. I've been talking about there's a warjack called the Vindicator and just putting three Vindicators into a battle group as a Rick and Morty reference of Vindicators 3. Nice. What was it? <laughs> yeah, Vindicators look fun. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, it might not be that bad either. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another one with like, I think they have the steam lava rule, so if they, if they yep. aim, they get plus four range. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't. Um, uh, um, I didn't make a, a list for mine, but um, but I'm following suit. Um, I I was looking at the Primateria or Prima Primateria, um, Prima Prima Materia. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make it one word uh, theme, uh, mostly just because you know I, I was looking at Locke and I was thinking, you know. That that she looks like a, a pretty good battle group caster, and that seemed like the you know the battle group theme. So, but I want an excuse to put in a bunch of toros too. I don't know for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, we all seem to like toros in our area. Like, and maybe it's <laughs> worldwide. It's a solid with jack the, with the shield and eighteen ps. Yeah, weapon counter charge thirteen points. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good. Re- it's a really good jack. Yeah. Hey, before and we she uh, likes she likes melee jacks too. So yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. So, um, but yeah, I didn't make a list or nothing. Um, I just you know. Anyway, uh, before we go to the next faction, uh, what model do you uh, want to paint the most in Crucible Guard? That's kind of a little mix. There's some decent looking ones and some fun ones, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll probably just go with McKay as my answer again because just big tank add a lot of yeah. developments, maybe some uh, be a good uh, option to put a good amount of like battle damage, give some test to that skill. Or do a oh, super yeah. cool base. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do a lot of base work to it. Yep. 
That's cool. How about you, Chad? Um, I would say general. I would say Baldwin, Gearhart, and Clog, but I don't know if I have the skill to paint Mr. Clog's face to look sufficiently like kind of sad. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. I don't have to match don't the have artwork. Confidence in my skill. Uh, yeah. Um, I would probably do Prospero. He's a really cool model. He's got a kind of an interesting sculpt, and I think there's a couple of cool different things you can do with him. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, I was thinking um, for this actually, uh, Big Alice and Little Alice. Mm -hmm. yeah. You get you know two different kinds of organic stuff, and then you know organic, non-organic stuff to paint so yeah and you could probably do a lot of fun themes that connect those two models together yeah so plus yeah. you can do you can test your skills and do some interesting things with uh the canisters of like the yeah the the juicer stuff that they have yeah. that she has like on her person yeah yeah, so people do some really nice stuff with the combat <laughs> vials or you know Sylvester vial and all those canisters. Yeah. 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 Well, let's go to our second faction. Our second faction, the last faction of all. We're finishing our our reviews. Oh, um, is um, Infernals. So, which, if you were to pick up Infernals, which master would you start with, or Warcaster? No, master, right? Well, so yeah, they're infernal masters. They're not quite warcasters. Yeah, yeah is, is there's three infernal masters, but technically in a theme you could do casters. I mean, don't this be is lame true. and say Sloan. <laughs> hey, but I already own a bunch of Signar. No, I thought about that, but <laughs> do you have enough hunters? Yes, I actually do. Well, no, I only have. I don't think that's enough hunters. I think we need one more. Uh, but. No, uh, I actually, yeah, I, I stuck to the, uh, the the purists of going with the masters, and um, all of them do have their own appeal, but I went with Agathon, mainly for most of the factions I play don't have a really, or to me, don't seem to have a really good um, high, in this case, essence number, and just loads of spell assassination potential on their own that could just get in there. I have, I have two rebuttals for you, sir. All right. Haley Go for to it. Calandra. Fine. Well, Calandra on herself casting her own spells. Not that much. I'll, I'll give you. Um, okay. Cold Haley. Yeah. Haley to Cold Grimma. Don't give me that bull crap. Of, I don't have any spellcasters. <laughs> Okay, hey, give me trolls that have you have like though. you have like one of the best one of the best warcaster or one of the best spell slingers in the game in Haley too. Hush you, hush you now. <laughs> right. I've never personally killed anyone with Haley too, but <laughs> you should get on that, Dan. <laughs> I've been on the troll train, man. That's true. I've been That's on true. for years now. Yeah. Fine, Chad, here for. Uh, <laughs> but all right, fine. Mainly, yeah, just but I'll just go with it as a how about Hellmouth. I don't have any Hellmouths in my factions. How about that? It's true. <laughs> so there we go. The spell is the spell is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh and I feel bad. I feel bad also picking Agathon Agathion. It's it's a really close tie between him and Zadaroth. Um 
but he has, he really does like kind of, he really does a lot of what Infernals want to do, which is, um, he's got a really high, he's a nine essence war, uh, master. Um, he can, uh, if you destroy one of the warrior models in his command of 10 or 12 inches, he can cast a spell for free. Um, he, he's just, he's brutal and his feet allows him to cast more spells yeah. and then also raises the cost on spells that you cast. So, oops, excuse me. It's a really good denial, denial feat too. Cause it, it slows down what your opponents can do. Um, but Hellmouth does so many ridiculous things. Um, you can do so many crazy things with it as a person who played, uh, Cassius and Wormwood pretty frequently um, got to exploit Hellmouth and has also played a lot of Kruger too, who has telekinesis. Um, being able to manipulate where your opponent's stuff is is extremely powerful. And it's really fun. And I love, I love playing that game of trying to figure out how to mess with your opponent's stuff like that. As a circle player, Like one of my favorite things is um, is playing the positioning game, which I, I feel like a lot of people don't really think about. As a circle player, I feel like I think about it constantly, um, and it's incredibly important, I feel, for circle, yeah. uh, is positioning on the battlefield. Um, how much space you're threatening, how much space you're denying, so on and so forth. And um, Agatheon plays that too. You got to be careful how you're how you're coming into him, uh, and if you think you're safe, you're probably not. Yeah, oh, and it's a command of twelve, by the way, like huge command. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I went with your second choice there, Chad. Zadaroth. Um, I were to start uh, Infernals, I would I'd want to play Zadaroth, but mostly. Just because of the things I find familiar, like mm -hmm. rebuke and sighting touch, and just like like I feel like I, I can use those those abilities, um, those spells and stuff. Um, the, I have a hard time with this one, um, and this is this is weird saying this as a Legion player, but like some of the Infernal stuff just seems too evil for me. <laughs> I know that's it's, almost like well, I mean that's like a hot it's pretty dark. Like I have a yeah. legion army, but you know, yeah. even when you're looking at your scornage you got going on there, you know, <laughs> I know, right, right. I know that's, that's, that's why I felt like saying that, but, but I, um, I draw the line at infernals. Yeah, <laughs> that's the line. But there's, there's, I don't know. There's some things about the about the faction that really look appealing. And when we were at lock and load the year that it you know, that it dropped, Laura pretty much gave me permission to buy into, into it. And I chose not to. And so maybe I needed like self-talk myself as the reason why I didn't I got to make up some excuse. I don't know. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't buy into it. But yeah. yeah. I, I had intended to, uh, and then I looked at all of the other stuff that I wanted to buy and decided against buying yeah. into a new faction. Yeah. So what about uh theme? What theme were you looking at? 
Uh, I I don't know. Well, there's there's yeah. really only one theme unless you're doing Hearts of Darkness. Yep. Yeah. Gonna say, yeah. 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 And that's that's pretty much what I said. I was like Dark Legacy because I'm trying to play it play it pure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think most of your pairings would have a Dark Legacy um, and a Hearts of Darkness, probably. I don't think really too many people run Dark Legacy, do they? Not that I've really seen much. I don't know. Um, they both do it's kind of very similar things. <laughs> About a year, to but, be exact. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen any two-list pairings. I've really only seen people playing one or the other. And most of what I've actually seen has been Infernals playing Hearts of Darkness. Yeah. Well, yeah, like when they just crank them up, you mentioned Sloan earlier, like yeah. Sloan getting, uh, getting access to, um, uh, what are they, Umbral Guardians. Like that alone just makes it kind of dumb on some, <laughs> on some levels, you know. Um, yeah. I think when the Jacks get to power up when they're next to an Infernal Solo, right? And just, yeah. Definitely. Solo, solo. Yeah. Well, really, really, what it is, I think you you take a unit of the. I forgot what it's called. It's the. It's the squiggly flying shooting unit that's like range ten pow tens or range ten pow twelves. Yeah, the griever swarm. Yeah, the griever swarms. You yeah. can power all of your jacks off of a single unit of griever swarms, and then if they die, you don't really care. Yeah, they're they're cheap. You get a whole bunch of them, ten of them for fourteen points. Yeah. yeah, and they're and they're good shooting by themselves. Like they're a good backup to all of those warjacks. Yeah, Isla Sight, CMA, uh, you know, flying, Solus. Yeah, yeah. So list uh, included uh, three, four boaters, Lamenter, Shrieker. Um, just because it always feel bad if you had to, you know, sack one of your dudes um, to create a light, you know, or a, a small one. Um, couldn't imagine having to take out one of your uh, marked souls and create a foreboder for some reason. That'd be, that'd just feel kind of mm -hmm. awful. But yeah, again, mainly three foreboders because they're the channelers, right? So getting yeah. themselves out there. Uh, Infernal Gate, it's big, does a lot of good things for it. Uh, pretty much added every solo that there was, <laughs> all the Infernal solos, you know, um, Runewood, Eilish, Roger, Nicia, right, Valen Hawk, um, Regna, uh, Hermit, uh, a Wretch, and an Umbral Guardian, or three Umbral Guardians you get because their shield guard ability is just awesome, right? And then uh, a unit of Min Cultists for ambushing, um, getting just another way to stay in the game a bit or throw your opponent off. And then two max cultist bands with full of dark sentinels and one of them with Ord Midwinter. Feels like it's a pretty typical build. Maybe I'm a little heavy on solos. Um, but the one great thing about seems seems a little too heavy on cultists, but Yeah, it might be too. Maybe maybe take one of the men or get rid of the men and keep one of the max. I don't know. Like I said, I've I haven't played against Infernals much. I just kinda looked yeah. at it. Hey, you need infer you need cultists, so we'll put these guys in there. Yeah. Um, you can also yeah. just jam up a bit, kind of run in the way, and then have your solos. You have great options, right? Like what do I need? Do I need shooty stuff? Do I need melee stuff? Like that's the great thing about Infernals too, is you're creating these heavies that can do different things and you can get rid of whichever solos you don't need and bring in the beasts or the, the horrors, sorry, yeah. that you do need. So a lot of, again, utility in, in infernal lists. 
Yeah. Uh, I didn't put together a list, but one of our local guys, uh, Jacob, who goes by uh, Bear Tornado, um, had an Agatheon list that I saw him play a couple of different times. And I think it was a max unit of Cultists with Orin Midwinter and then like two mins. Uh, I think it was like a max with Sentinels and then like two min units that were basically just there to kind of like keep your horrors fuel, uh, fueled and going. And then I had maybe like a couple heavies, couple of lights, and then like three, four boaters just so you can get those Hellmouth angles all over the battlefield. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, it looked like a lot of fun. I watched him play. It was an extremely brutal list to try and play into just due to the nature of Agatheon and the way that, because he gets to cast a spell for free. If you mm -hmm. kill something, a friendly warrior model within 12 inches of him, he can channel that spell through a foreboder that's like 16 inches out. So you can get weird angles where you're casting stuff um, into your opponent's army and disrupting their turn or um, shooting something that hasn't activated yet and killing it. And it's, it's really crazy. He reaches it. He reaches out and touches you from way farther than you think. Hmm. Interesting. Huh, maybe, uh, Maybe going back to Stignar and getting E-Leaps is a good thing there. Or uh, it's just thinking about Yarrow with his magic bullet. Hey, you're four inches from the gate. I'm going to shoot your gate, not kill it. Bounce off and it's not an attack. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Right. New anti-infernal tech. <laughs> <laughs> going yeah. back to playing Kruger 1. I'm just going to pop my feet and just put my three-inch AOEs down inside all your cultists and just kill them all at the same time. Watch them fry. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Hey, what um, what faction? Or sorry, not faction. What model do you want to paint the most? Oh, I was uh, I was almost going to say the gate because I think I've seen some cool effects where you put some uh, entering in and out of it. But after looking at some of the models, um, Zadaroth actually looks like a a fun one. You could do. I mean, almost any of the masters really. I mean, yeah, Amos is just huge and imposing. There's just so much you could do to them. So I'm gonna be slightly cheap and just basically say almost say any of the masters. I think you could do a lot of fun with. That's what I chose. I thought Amadeus looked awesome to paint, and he's big, and I like yeah. painting big things. So, <laughs> what about you, Chad? Uh, I would definitely do Zadaroth. Uh, she looks like a very interesting model. Plus, it'd yeah. be really funny to to paint some funny things on the inside of her book. Right. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> paint like a list of names or some like insulting phrases or something like that you can you know, have a lot of fun with it yeah man i like that. father smells of elderberries yeah. Mother, <laughs> hamster Plus she, has up, little, she has the little uh um squid helper that's like holding yeah. stuff for her too okay yeah. Speaking of painting, what's uh, what's all on your guys' hobby desk? Oh man, my hobby desk is getting kind of scattered, just trying to get through stuff. Um, right now, I'm uh, I'm currently working towards magnetizing um, the Warcaster stuff. Oh yeah. Um, also trying to do a little video, like on using like I have I got my Dremel and the drill press, you know, Dremel like drill press out to try to use that and maybe create a little something on that or just. Yeah, helpful, fun thing. 
also helping me to remember how I do things. But yeah, that's what I'm currently working on. I haven't picked up a brush since uh, uh, end of October. <laughs> so wow, yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's fair. I don't think I've picked up a brush in a while either. I've been mostly assembling and repairing broken models and things like that. You weren't doing oh, any painting in the in the hangout last week. No, I was just, I was assembling. Oh, I thought you were painting oh. something. No, no, I had a I had a, a storm strider that was mm. um that was in like fourteen different pieces, and so well, it sounds um, about right if it's unassembled. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, this was the. <laughs> This was supposed to have been a painted, assembled Storm Strider, and it was not. Um, However, it is now, and there's a few touch-ups that I still need to do. And so, um, but but it looks like it's supposed to now. So, I say I did also uh, put on the bases. There wasn't much assembly. The uh, King's Army for weirds the other side. That's all. That's all on bases and then uh, magnetized underneath and on the tray so that they can stay in the tray as I'm moving it about and then take them off easier. So, Oh, nice. See, that's really, I should do that too. I did not magnetize mine. Um, I just put mine in, in foam or whatever. Um, but we need to play. I have, I have an Abyssinia army that needs to see the table. Right. <sighs> so you guys need to see play now too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... All right. Well, I've I've been doing some assembling stuff recently, and then um, I haven't really been doing very much painting. Um, the stuff that I wanted to paint, the projects I was excited to work, on, I couldn't get primed because the weather was crappy. Yeah. Um, but last week I spent a, a little time after work uh, priming in a box uh, in the store after hours, so then it would you know air out by the time I came in and opened the store the next day. Um, So I got some of that stuff done. It was uh, some of my Dark Angel stuff that I'd been working on doing some um, some kip ashes and some green uh, green stuff sculpting for like hoods and jackets and cloaks and stuff like that. Uh, And then also some Space Wolf stuff that I had had assembled. The um, uh, what's it called? The uh, assault intercessors that I had done a little bit of part swapping to make them space wolf stuff. Uh, and then the other day, I started putting some paint onto some wolfin that I had assembled, and I was working on those a little bit more this morning. So I'm hoping to get some stuff uh, painted up, and then my coworker and I are planning on doing a thousand point game of 40k uh, sometime soon, probably. Right. Uh, with the ninth edition rules, since neither of us have played it before, so I'm trying to get some of that um, some of that stuff assembled. Or I have it all assembled. I'm trying to get some of it painted if I can. Um, probably going to do a little bit more painting tonight. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing all the bases on my um, T9A army, and I'm I have to. The elves were like pre-made on a round base and, and they're like, it's the hard plastic. And so um, I just can't snip them off or snap them off. I have to, I'm using like um, metal shears hmm. or aluminum shears to, you know, to cut them off. And then I clean them up with my X-Acto knife and file. And then I glue them onto a 20 by 20 
Squarebase because T9A uses Squarebases. Um, so that's a lot of fun for me right now. It's <laughs> it's not really fun because I have a lot of L to do. But but I was doing some math and I I have a full army. It's made up of some tree folk and some wood elves and some myconids and these really obscure rabbits um, that I got off of a Kickstarter. Those models like, are so cool. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> I really like them. Um, so it's going to be a fun army. It has like eight different model manufacturers. And since T9A is like models agnostic, it's like you can do whatever you want. And I plan to paint them vibrantly. Like, you know, I want them to be white, like, and glow. And maybe not glow, but like, be bright. I want them to be bright, not white. Bright. So, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm pretty excited uh, to be recording with you guys. Tonight, listeners, we tried something new. Uh, we hope that uh, you have uh, been listening to a good episode. Uh, on our end, it sounds good. It looks good. And uh, so we'll see in post what, that, what it looks like. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll get back together. And uh, we usually do some kind of year-end thing. And so we can look at that, and we're looking forward to that. If you want to support what we're doing, uh, check us out at spellstormminiatures.com. We have a pretty fancy website, and there's some fun links there. Um, there's a, a sidebar uh, where you can join our Discord page. You can join our Facebook painting group. Uh, you can support us on Chemo, Patreon. You can even buy a Spellstorm Miniature t-shirt. And uh, Dan got that set up for us. I have a nice red one, that I, a cranberry red is the color that I got. So, and, um, but anyway, we, it would just, uh, we just, you know, we, we would appreciate that. So we've been going for two years and, uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about games and, uh, we want to go for a long more time. So we also want to speak good English, but some of us can't do that. <laughs> long like, more time. Uh, our oratory professors for a profession. But, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to name this episode long more time. <laughs> Anyway, uh, have have a good night, listeners. Thank you. Thank you.